Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin, the podcast where I basically reflect on my life here in New York City as a millennial, kind of the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and the thick and thin. So yeah, this is episode five. I know it's been a little bit since I've uploaded an episode. I'm really, really trying to get regular with this, uploading every week, but you know, alas, things happen. Life is stressful. I have actual work that I do nine to five. So yeah, trying my best here. And also sometimes I just feel like I don't have anything to talk about really. And so I've kind of, you know, let things marinate a little bit, kind of came up with some things I want to talk about. And that is what I'm going to do tonight. So yeah, I actually went home two weekends ago and a lot of the feelings and things I'm going to reflect on today are kind of from that. They kind of brewed steeped a little bit while I was home and now I'm ready to talk about them two weeks later (laughs) lol but basically I'm one thing I do want to say before I dive into this is um my mom actually listens to my podcast so hi mom and she said that I kind of do a thing where I don't really get to the point Uh, (laughs) and I kind of need to like get to the point a little faster and slash she also says I should like announce in the beginning of the podcast kind of like what I'm going to be talking about but I I told her I'm like mom that's kind of impossible because I'm literally sitting here like with very little info like no real script I have like a few words jotted down on a napkin right here and so I don't really know but I do have a feeling that I will bring up um ghosting in this this podcast um romantically and then also just like you know the trials and tribulations of growing up you know, being a sheltered youth and then going out into the world and feeling like the rug is being yanked out from under you. So I think those are kind of the major themes. I'm also going to try to answer some questions from you guys towards the end because I really have been slacking on the whole Q&A element of this podcast. But yeah, so I guess I'm just going to start by talking about, um, you know, when I went home two weekends ago, kind of what provoked me to go home just like very randomly. Like it wasn't anything specific or like there wasn't anything that I was going home for it was like I just really needed to go home and I guess you know if you guys listened to my last podcast you would know like I'm in here here in New York and although I'm thriving I also do feel like something you know is not necessarily missing per se but I just feel like I'm like okay now what kind of that's like my feeling and I also am like okay I have exactly what I've always wanted and yeah now what that's kind of my my thought right now so Yeah, I decided, you know, when I was feeling the very much so now what mentality, I was like, okay, I'm going to go home and figure it out, kind of remove myself, go home, be with my parents, just do the the daily, you know, grind at home, just wake up, go shopping. You know, it sounds really horrible, but I went home for the weekend. So it was only like a couple of days, you know, don't think I just like left for a week and I went home and saw my friends from home, like my friends from childhood. And to be quite honest, it gave me so much clarity. I'm not sure if they're listening to my podcast. I don't even know if they do listen to my podcast, but these are my closest friends from growing up. Like when I was quite, you know, I was in like second grade. I didn't even know like what sex was or, you know, before, before anything really hit, you know, the humble beginnings per se. 
So I went home and we, we um, you know, we did what we always do. We always, you know, gather at one of our houses. We went to my friend Abby's house and I swear her house perpetually smells like baked goods. And, you know, it, it's that type of thing where you walk in and it just feels like nothing's changed and you're, you know, you, you're like, okay, where, where's my sleeping bag? Because I should be bringing my sleeping bag over because like old times we'd go in the basement, pile down there and sleeping bags and watch rom-coms about things we didn't quite understand. And I would always like have such like a, like I would eat so many sweets at her house that I, my mouth would be like numb by the time I left because my mom like never gave me candy. Um, anyway, so that's like a little, just a little, the gist of it for you guys, what her house is like. I love going there. Just it feels like it feels like home because I don't know if you guys know this, but my sophomore year of college, yeah, sophomore year of college, I moved houses. So I'd grown up in this one house from second grade until sophomore year of high of college, sorry. And then I moved. My parents decided that, you know, now that I was out of the house and my sister was like very close behind, they wanted to downsize houses because I grew up in this like pretty big house and they were like we want to downsize live on the water you know like kind of start preparing for you know retirement and that sort of thing anyway doesn't really matter why we moved but we did and so it kind of all happened while I was at school so I didn't quite you know it hasn't quite still hasn't quite hit me that I don't live in this neighborhood anymore because I quite literally grew up here like in this here there sorry that neighborhood literally it was like that song by Miranda Lambert where it's like the house that built me like this house was the house that built me and so when I pulled up to uh, my friend Abby's house I like when I say pull up I pulled up in my little sister's car because she left it at home because she couldn't bring it to college and my car is obviously sold as you guys might know because I don't need a car anymore so I pull up in her jeep uh, up to my friend Abby's house get out and I look across the street you know kind of just like habitually like habit out of habit um at my old house and I my jaw was like to the ground because okay okay I you guys are like not gonna understand this but there was this huge tree in the front of my childhood house and if you watched my like my very very vintage videos when I was still living at home prior to college so like way back you guys would recognize the tree probably because I I literally had it in every single video because it was the most beautiful tree. This was like quite literally the pinnacle of my old childhood home. This tree, it was just a very noteworthy tree. It, it always um, bloomed like cherry blossoms in April. It, beautiful, absolutely beautiful tree. We would climb it. It was like, you know, there's this one branch at the top that was my branch and then everyone had their own branch and we would all sit on it. Like I grew up with an amazing close-knit group of friends and we would all just like congregate in this tree. It was like our meeting place. And so when I pulled up to Abby's house and I looked across the street, the tree was gone, like completely gone, reduced to a stump, like an ugly stump in the front of my old house. And instead of walking up to the, you know, to her front door, like a normal person, I was just standing there for a little bit. I don't even know how many minutes I was standing there just gaping. And then I walked over and mind you, this is like nine o'clock at night. So it's like dark and like, People are like walking their dogs, but it's like, you know, it's creepy for me to be like walking towards this house, especially because I have no idea who lives there now. I don't know them, you know, so I'm walking over and I'm just like, oh my God, I don't even know what to say other than just, oh my God, like my childhood, you know, practically was reduced to a stump. Like it's, it was just axed in, in that moment. And I was just floored and, you know, 
I went in obviously to my friend's house and we watched a movie and it was cute. We made brownies. It was awesome, whatever. But I could not get the image of this stump out of my head the whole night. You know, and it kind of like the feelings of like, oh my God, like my childhood is, you know, obviously I've known for a while that I'm no longer a child and I'm like an adult now and I have to like be an adult and be uncomfortable in this big world and I can't have my mom to hug me all the time. It's like, you know, I've gotten used to that idea kind of, but this kind of was like the cherry on top of this concept. I was like, okay, I'm officially not a child anymore. (laughs) And you guys are probably like, okay, Katie, get over it. It's a tree. But it's like, this is a symbol for me. Okay. It was very symbolic. And then I was sitting, you know, on my friend Abby's couch, um, you know, in this room that I practically grew up in, I would say, like, this was our go-to sleepover house, like Abby and Sophie's, they were sisters, or I guess they still are sisters, and they're two grades apart, but because, like, all of us in the neighborhood were so close in age, we all just were very good friends, you know, I like to say that I kind of peaked in elementary school, because I had, like, the closest and best friends ever in elementary school, and we're still extremely close, we have a group me and everything, Um, but I distinctly remember just so much going down, like, in this room. It was, like, the TV room. Everyone has, like, the TV room, you know, um, everyone growing up, at least, and it was, like, she had, like, a piano in that room, and I remember, you know, it it almost, like, it was, like, a blast from the past walking in there, because it looked exactly the same as it did, and I just remember, you know, all the birthday parties, all the sleepovers that we had in that room, and I just, I also, like, had this very vivid memory of us all wearing like matching leopard print pajamas um after like someone's birthday party we had these, or these leopard like blankets I remember there being some leopard involved and we would all sit in that room and I remember this one time we were sitting in there and we were like on our envy touches you know texting um and I I remember like so I growing up I guess I really haven't mentioned this a lot but I was very shy growing up um I was always like kind of the one that was looking at other people and kind of like looking to see if things were you know I would say something and I'd look for the reaction like I was very nervous about what I you know what I did and what I said and what I wore and I didn't really break out of my shell until high school and even then I was still pretty reserved I think college honestly was my peak and my confidence you know, the, the ultimate change in my confidence, the ultimate change in my demeanor was college. Because um, I guess it just took me a little while to grow up. Like, I remember my mom saying that when I was, you know, really little, I didn't speak very much. And I had a hard time, you know, being provoked to even speak. So, yeah. So I remember kind of, you know, one of my more vivacious friends, you know, more out, outgoing, especially with guys, friends, you know, was texting this guy and I'm not going to say details, but I completely remember every single detail about who he was and everything. But we were all like, you know, leaning over our envy touches. And, you know, obviously I didn't have any text because mine was kind of an emergency phone at this time. I don't remember what grade this was. Mine was like mainly for emergencies. My mom was like, don't go on the internet. It costs money, you know. And I remember us leaning over her phone and like just hanging on every single word that this guy said back to her. And we would like be giggling, you know, picture it like we're all there's probably like six of us and we're all like, you know, have no makeup on our faces, like don't even own mascara at this point. Just so raw and so unaware of what was going to hit us, you know, because now I think about it, every single one of my friends that I remember being in this room with me, you know, has 
has dealt with some some shit to be honest you know part of my French it's like all of us have been through things you know one of my friends didn't you know got dropped from all the sororities at her school and didn't you know get into a sorority and the other got dumped by this guy she thought she was gonna marry and another you know is currently dealing with a guy that's with a girlfriend but is texting her all this flirty stuff and she doesn't know what to do you know all of us are dealing with shit and it's just it's crazy that at one point in time we were that you know young and naive and impressionable and I picture myself you know shy little Katie probably wearing pigtails because I thought pigtails were like such a great look on me now that I think about it with my round face not so much but I totally didn't even realize that they looked bad on me and I was probably wearing one of those like you know do you guys know what Delia's is I don't know if it's like a you know around the world type of thing but as there's a police car going by there's a store called Delia's that I had growing up and like it had like a ton of graphic t-shirts like with the most ridiculous sayings like I don't even know peanut butter jelly time and stuff like that and it was like I had like probably a million of these graphic tees and my mom always told me Katie you're literally never gonna wear these ever again and they were like 50 bucks for a t-shirt anyway I was probably wearing one of those t-shirts ridiculous graphic tee and one time actually fun fact a little aside I bought this shirt from there that said brunettes do it better and my mom made me return it because she said it was too sexual and when she said it I got so embarrassed because I was like oh sex I don't even know what that is yet but you know when you're like in the phase where you don't really know what it is but you're like convincing everyone that you do and then you're like no I know and then when you like watch the video in health class you're like holy fucking shit I did not know what I was talking about anyway okay that was an aside but yeah, so I was probably wearing a t-shirt, gauchos, maybe some like, I probably my Crocs were probably at the front door because they were like a no-shoe house, like you would take off your shoes at the front door, you know, um, and I was just, you know, probably sitting there like, oh my gosh, I can't wait until I'm gonna text a guy like that, blah, blah, blah. Little did we all know that this, you know, guy in question that we were all, you know, watching the conversation with our friend and him, you know, would soon deteriorate because this guy was... The first that we ever knew, the first uh, player that we ever knew, rather. And it was like kind of our first dose, you know, us, my friends, like that wasn't the girl. I'm trying not to say her name because I don't want to, you know, for privacy, whatever. Um, the girl in question that was texting this guy, you know, but for everybody else, it was like secondhand knowledge, but for her, it was like her first heartbreak. <sighs> anyway, it's just, I was sitting there, you know, two weeks ago, watching this movie watching this rom-com, whatever we were watching. We were watching um, one of those like Sarah Jessica Parker rom-coms, not Sex in the City, and holding my glass of wine, like totally different type of scenario considering the last time I was in there, I was probably drinking like, I don't know, Diet Coke. <laughs> I don't know. Drinking a glass of wine, you know, sitting with my friends, us like just talking about real life adult things that like weren't glamorous, you know, like getting a job and how hard it is to get a job and just I just in that moment sitting there looking around everything looks exactly the same I will add in this room like yeah (laughs) Abby's mom has not done much to change the room which I'm very appreciative of because it was like very homey um but I'm sitting there and it's just like such a weird feeling being like wow I grew up like when did this happen when did this happen (laughs) and when did you know things get so real 
and hard and confusing because I would, you know, as much as when I was sitting there in that position being younger, fifth grade or whatever grade that was, I was, you know, just wishing, hoping that I would eventually sprout, you know, a pair of boobs and I would get a fake ID and eventually turn 21 and like all these little things that you're wishing for. And it's like, I mentioned this quote in my previous podcast last episode. It was like, you know, one day you're 17 wishing for someday. And then before you know it, someday is here and then it's gone and it's yesterday and it's three years ago. And then it's, it's gone. You know, it's like you're, you spend so much time wishing and pining and waiting. And then once it's here, it's like, okay, now what? And that was kind of the gist of my last episode. If you guys listened to that one, if not go, go back and listen to it. It's a good one. But yeah, so this was kind of a little food for thought, me going home and experiencing this and, you know, going to a bar with my parents. And it's just like, I had this weird just rush of nostalgia while I was home. I guess it isn't weird. It's kind of, you know, typical to feel that way. But it was kind of just what I needed in a sense. Like, yeah, it did like make me feel kind of like wistful, I guess is the word or is wistful the right word? It's like, you know, I'm like uh, kind of like, oh, wow, like life was so good back then type of feeling. You know, it, it made me feel that, but it also made me feel like, I don't know, like this kind of, it kind of reassured me in a way you know, reassured me to thinking that ultimately I'm never going to be fully content with myself because it's either I'm wishing that I'm older or I'm wishing that I'm younger, wishing that I'm more mature, that I have a boyfriend, wishing that I had no wrinkles and that, you know, my life wasn't so boring because eventually I feel like my life is going to get pretty repetitive. You know, once you, what's it called? It's like called, um, the rat race (laughs) or like once you start getting in the norm and into the groove of things and, I'm going to regret, you know, taking for granted this time where I'm just so fresh and new in this environment here in the city and whatever. And so, yeah, it was definitely reassuring going home, but it also did bring back some feelings. And, you know, it kind of was fresh when I stumbled across this quote, which I'm going to read to you guys. I screenshotted it. Um, oh, my dad just texted me. Good night, girls. I love you and miss you, dad. Oh, cute. Okay, anyway, so I read this quote on Tumblr and it kind of took me back to my young, naive days. And it says, Here's to the kids who try their hardest to be good enough for everyone, who spend hours reading random quotes to find the right one, who listen to the same song dozens of times, because dozens of times, because the lyrics mean a lot, who deserve so much more than they get and are willing to fight for it, and whose wish upon a shooting star was wasted on someone that will never care. Oh, that hit me hard. And it's actually kind of shocking because it only has like 600 notes on Tumblr, which I find shocking because it's so like, wow. I feel like the people that reblogged it or didn't reblog it didn't read till the end because that last sentence like was like a a jab to the heart, a jab to the heart of anyone who's ever been ghosted or has ever just had their hopes and dreams just ripped out from under them. Oh, oh my God. So I I really, you know, identify with that quote because for so long and still to this day, I try very hard to be good enough, you know, good enough in so many ways. Like good enough is kind of like this phrase that kind of overarches and spills into a lot of different categories in a way because, you know, I try to be good enough, you know, for a guy. I try to be good enough for my friends. I try to be good enough for all the people that look up to me on the internet and are looking and analyzing my every single move. 
I'm just trying to be good enough. And, you know, when I feel like I'm not measuring up in a sense, like in one of the categories where I feel like I'm kind of slacking, it literally keeps me up at night. It eats me, eats me alive. I had the worst stress dream ever last night. I think I got like three hours of sleep. I am exhausted right now. Like if you guys saw me today, you would be like, are you okay? Because my under eye circles are out of this world. And don't worry, I'm going to go to bed right after I film this, but yeah, it was just like a stress dream and it happens, but I've been doing this thing where I, when I'm so stressed and guys, I'm telling you, it's literally nothing insanely stressed. Like I, I don't have a very stressful life right now. Like I would say I, I have a very normal life. I go to work and then I come home and I do some more work and then, it, you know, whatever. I'm not stressed about it though. It's like not that kind of, it's almost like the one thing that I am stressed about in my life is just the things that haven't even happened yet. <laughs> like I'm stressed out. Okay, someone's like tap dancing upstairs or something. There's like just like a lot of banging. Um, I feel like I'm constantly stressed about things that haven't even happened or stressed about the things that aren't happening but should be happening. And okay, like I wish I could see you guys like hopefully nodding your head in approval that you also feel this way because it's the type of thing that keeps me up at night. And it's really not even anything specific. And I honestly, when I wake up, I don't even rem- I have like a really hard time remembering my dreams actually, which is kind of depressing considering I'm reading a book about analyzing dreams and I can't even like remember my own. I kind of remember them like weeks later. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what that dream was about. But anyway, so yeah, but I will say going home was like kind of a reminder that I am this person that I just read the quote about. That was kind of like a random tangent I went on about dreams. But basically, like I would, I remember driving around in my car, you know, thinking I was cool for driving, by the way, and like completely following the speed limit because it was like this early on. Like I think I had my permit at this point. Like I remember when this whole album even like came out, this Taylor Swift album. And it goes like, this is the song. It's like, I just want to know you better know. You know that one? I'm not a singer, but you get the point. That's that song. And I remember like, pretending that I was in a movie like that feeling like in my car like thinking about these guys who to be quite honest I didn't even like really like that much but I like liked the idea of liking a guy like Taylor Swift wrote about and you know I was this classic girl that was like so like I was like angsty and like I wasn't like angsty like as in like the stereotypical angsty but I was like I I was going through some stuff and so I remember this feeling And I remember feeling just, sorry, there was like a motorcycle going by. I remember feeling just mm, misunderstood, I think is the right word to say, being young. And so at least now that I'm older, I feel like I'm a little more understood in the certain ways that I didn't feel quite understood back then. But I also do feel like it's a little bit less acceptable now to not really know what you're doing obviously like I've, I've talked to so many friends who are stressed about jobs and you know I'm constantly thinking about the future just thinking about the the not so glamorous things like just not glamorous things but you know at the end of the day you either focus on these things these you know terrors and the things that are quite literally tearing your being apart or you could focus on the things that are holding you together because you know when there are these things that are you know, plaguing your life. Back when I was in high school, the bullies and not knowing what I was doing and just pining over these imaginary romances and whatever, you know, those were my pitfalls back then. And I was focusing so much energy on 
being enough and these people back in high school not liking me and I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the internet I don't know if I have wow but well here we go (laughs) back this is still freshman year I just got into my sorority as I mentioned and I was in the library by myself um just doing some work because I I really had this like fondness for the library freshman year I loved it it was like my safe haven at school and I was sitting at a table I even remember like where I was sitting like it was nestled in between these two bookshelves sitting there took a little study break and went on my phone like I, I always made a point to put my phone very far away from me so I wouldn't you know be on it when I was like actually studying so I reached for my phone and I saw all these texts from girls in my sorority in my pledge class I didn't even have their phone number yet I had like it was just like a, a number and it was like hi hey it's so and so and it was like hey Katie it's so and so um don't let the haters get to you like do you need anything stuff like that like being very like consoling And I was like, wait, why are people texting me this? Like, what happened? And this is the time where Yik Yak, it's so weird even saying it out loud because it's like not relevant anymore, at least where I am. It's just not relevant. But it was this like anonymous, first of all, it was probably the most toxic thing to ever, you know, breach a sorority or fraternity run campus. You know, a school, a school like mine and a school probably like many across the country, Yik Yak was a toxic app. It was basically where you can go on and anonymously post like I guess it would be like kind of like a status or like it would be like just like a phrase or a quote or, or a concept, you know, kind of like the modern meme, like a, you know, a, a premature version of a meme kind of like just funny little things or sometimes it was like very, you know, much something targeted or like something that was very narrowly focused to like a specific group at my school, like a fraternity, whatever. It was just kind of a method or a mode of people that people could take to talk shit, you know, to a broad audience in a short little span. So I went on Yik Yak and sure enough, there was this post about me. Oh, it was so horrible, guys. I, I, I find it hard to believe I've never talked about this. Maybe I have and I'm just like, I blacked out or blocked it out of my memory, but... I don't even really remember the direct like exact wording but it was basically saying like ah oh, Zeta clearly chose Katie Bellotti for their sorority because she's you know famous on YouTube not because she's pretty enough or like kind of along the lines to say that I wasn't pretty enough to be in my sorority that I was you know picked for my sorority because I had views on YouTube and subscribers and Instagram followers and like whatever and that they chose me for that reason not because you know I was pretty enough to be in the sorority and basically insinuating that I wasn't pretty enough to be in my sorority which I will say you know the girls in my sorority are beautiful and they have a reputation for being very pretty and you know like everyone who goes through recruitment kind of you you kind of get down on yourself you're very critical and you also think that you're not pretty enough just by default that you're not pretty enough to be in ex sorority because you have been looking at your face your entire life and you don't know that you're beautiful, you know. So I read this quote and I was just like, of course, like, of course this is happening to me. Like high school wasn't enough. Thank you. I I blamed God. I blamed so many things. I blamed myself for thinking things would be different. I was so hard on myself, you know, in this moment. And I just sat there at that table. I closed my book, stood up, and walked to the bathroom and cried and guys it was so depressing you know for one reason more so than others was just the the fact that I thought that I could finally start over you know even though I had this like lingering suspicion 
underlying feeling of suspicion that something might go wrong at any moment. And I'm always like very, very afraid that things are going to just crash and burn when something's going well. You know, I'm like, okay, like there's this one thing that I read. It was like, today's a beautiful day. Now watch uh, something, some idiot screwed up or something like I, it's kind of like that. Like you think things are going great. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoop de doo. No, it's not. It's, it's going to shit. So in this moment, I kind of, you know, I, but I was still, part of me was still so hopeful that things would go well for once, that maybe things would be fine for once and I wouldn't have to, you know, constantly be whipping my head around looking for the next idiot who's going to ruin my life, you know, and I, I never found out who wrote that status, but I, I remember coming out of the bathroom in the library and going back to my, my table and somehow I have no idea how, um, my pledge mom and my sorority found me. Like, I didn't really tell girls where I was, I guess. And Snap Map wasn't a thing. I guess someone maybe saw me walk in the library and told her, I don't know, I guess Zetas have eyes everywhere. <laughs> There's this, um, this like grocery store, or what's it called? Like a gas station in our little Elon University college town. Um, and it was called Kangaroo. And now they renamed it to Circle K and I don't like it, but I'll still always call it Kangaroo. Um, but she went to Kangaroo and got like all these you know, snacks, like, like chocolatey snacks and, you know, brought them in a bag. Like she was like sweating. Like I tell she like probably read this, heard about this, sprinted to find me wherever I was like that. Bless her heart. Mary, (laughs) Mary Frias. If you're listening to this, she's definitely not, but love her. We'll never forget this. She dumps out this bag of, you know, kangaroo snacks onto the table, sits next to me. And she's like, I'm here for you, whatever you need. Um, and she, I don't really remember what else she said, but I remember that part distinctly. She was like, I'm here no matter like for whatever, whatever you need, because at that point, you know, especially if you haven't ever been bullied or you just kind of read about it and think that you know what it is, but you don't really understand, you know, it's kind of hard to tell a person that has been bullied or picked on, you know, how to feel about that. You can't really, because you don't really understand. And even if you do understand, everyone reacts to things differently. Yeah. I guess I I wasn't really planning on telling that story, but here it is. Mom, who's probably still listening to this, I'm sorry I never told you about this. It was just something I needed to deal with. And um, long story short, things did get a lot better, exponentially better. Um, After that, you know, I, I obviously, like I've mentioned, I really did make my best friends in the entire world in college. And I broke out of my shell. I quite literally shattered my shell. Yeah, kind of just this experience, you know, was another time where I just reflected back on when I was so young and naive and at my childhood friend Abby Abby's house you know just so young and didn't understand and didn't know what was coming and like it's almost like I look back and I want to like protect that girl like I I picture myself in those pigtails and I just want to protect her from all that's going to happen to her and it breaks my heart to think that you know I, I kind of forget that that little girl is me sometimes and I think that she's a different person because I'm so different now but I look back and I'm just like I want that girl to not have to deal with these things which is weird it's kind of trippy to think about because it's like me but you know I just want to like reach reach out and just like pull her back you know pull her back into that room in my friend Abby's house and say never leave like never leave this room just stay here stay in this feeling, stay this young. And I will say like so much good has happened in my life after leaving my friend Abby's house and, you know, going into the real world. Like I I have experienced such joy and excitement and my life now is so exciting. Like so just like a lot's going on and it's fast paced and it's, I love my job and 
you know, but I guess like the moral of this whole story is, you know, I, I have lost, I've taken a lot of L's. Okay. I've loved, I've loved unrequited. I've loved people who didn't love me back. AKA if you don't know what unrequited means, I've been loved and I haven't loved back. There's been a lot of love. There's been a lot of loss. There's been a lot of winning and a lot of crying and you know, all of this has molded me into the person that I am today. And, you know, it's it's almost like an antique. You know, I've been really into, obviously, decorating my apartment here in New York. And, like, I'm very into, as I've mentioned on, you know, many occasions, that I love my exposed brick in my apartment. I love everything about my apartment that makes it old and rustic. And that's just kind of, like, my aesthetic right now. And, you know, I like old things that have seen a lot of wear and tear. And by the same token you know, I'm kind of like that. I, I, granted, I'm not that old. I'm only 22. I'm turning 23 um, this month on the 27th, um, October 27th. But, you know, by no means am I old. By no means am I finished with this life. I have a lot more learning and aging and uh, maturing to do. But, you know, don't discount yourself. You know, at this point, I have loved and I've lost and I have cried and I've won myself into the way I am today. And that makes me rustic. But that makes me you know, I've, I've seen a lot of wear and tear, but nothing beautiful. I, I guess you can like modern things. You can like shiny appliances and whatever. But in my world, I like things that are, I've seen a little bit of love. I like things that are rough around the edges. And you know what, honey? That's me. <laughs> I've seen some wear and tear. I'm one of those, you know, pictures that has, you know, the creases because it's been folded and unfolded and revisited and opened and closed. And I'm, I'm that, I'm that, that's me. And I wouldn't trade that because I'm pretty sure it's Meryl Streep um, said, what did she say? It was like, um, what makes you, you know, weird? What makes you different? That's your strength. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Meryl Streep said that. I love the story of Meryl Streep. If you guys have time ever in your life, read the bio of Meryl Streep because, you know, back when she was going through the initial, you know, she obviously, you know, she had a ton of roles. Uh, Mamma Mia being very noteworthy. One of those roles, Devil Wears Prada. Obviously, the previous ones when she was younger. But she went to this casting. I forget what it was for, what the role was for. But it was for like a very beautiful role. Like the character was supposed to be very, very beautiful. Very obviously beautiful. Very Barbie beautiful. And she didn't get the role because they told her she wasn't pretty enough. That she wasn't, you know... She had a, a too obscure or absurd of a look. Like, she didn't look how they wanted this character to look, which, like, you know, is kind of a reality in the acting, casting, talent agency, you know, whatever. She kind of brushed it off because when you're in that, in that, um, what's it called? In that, like, just sector of the world, you kind of have to be like that. You have to be like, okay, I wasn't their vision, whatever. But, you know, that's got to hurt. <laughs> and I would know firsthand you know, from being told that I'm not pretty enough for something, you know, whatever. But, you know, what makes you different? Like Meryl Streep, her parents, you know, if you guys have heard about also the new Lady Gaga movie, Lady Gaga, well, I just like slurred there. The new Lady Gaga movie with um, Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born, I think that's what it's called. I haven't seen it yet. Um, you know, in the trailer, she talks about how like she can't be famous because of her nose. And if you guys know about, you know, Lady Gaga, she you know, people are always like, why doesn't she get a nose job? Her nose is just, it takes away from her face, whatever. Um, yeah. So 
people can still, you know, be successful. People can still shine even with these, you know, little things that maybe sets them apart. You know, we're all going to have our insecurities. We're all going to have things that we wish would change. And when, when we think about all these things, though, remember that little girl. Remember that little girl that you were, or a little boy that you were, if you were a guy, obviously, or whatever you were, that little person that you were, you know, when you're wearing those pigtails that you thought looked amazing on you, but you're, let's just be real, girly, <laughs> you didn't look that great in them. You know, when you were that girl, you know, just think of that little girl when you're being hard on yourself, when you, when you're, when you're just giving yourself a hard time. Because as Meryl Streep says, you know, what makes you different and weird or, you know, at least from your perspective, different and weird because to other people, you could be, to other people, sorry, my voice is like cracking. To other people, you can be completely normal because here's the thing, like you're going to have a million critiques about yourself and someone else is going to look at your, the exact thing that you're looking at in the mirror and see completely the opposite or just something totally beautiful in those things that you're pointing out as flaws. And this comes out kind of firsthand when I'm getting ready to go out because as you guys know, I live alone. So I don't have like friends to ask like, how does this look? Or like, I could, I could, you know, FaceTime them or whatever, but I'm not quite literally living with someone who can tell me I look good in something or reassure me, whatever. And when I'm getting ready to go out, I am the biggest critic of my appearance. You know, I'm a, I'm a big critic of my appearance all the time kind of in a little ways like sometimes I'm like okay I'm okay and then other times you know it's that little wishy-washy feeling that we get you know there's never a day where I don't kind of think about how I look and I feel like every or a lot of people I'm not going to speak for everyone but a lot of people feel this way and so I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like Katie like after I've changed a million times and I'm like critiquing every part of myself you know even the parts that I can't change or I shouldn't want to change you know, I'm like, Katie, you think you look five to ten times worse than you actually look. <laughs> and I don't know if that's like even a, like a practical thing to tell myself, but I always remind myself like the little things that I notice, no one else cares about. Because I've heard my friends say the same things, you know, watched my friends stand in front of the mirror and pick apart every little ounce of their being. And I've stood there and thought to myself and also said out loud to reassure them but thought to myself like I wish I would kill to have my friend Bianca's arms or my you know friend Niche's tan or my friend Shay like she just fills out tops a lot better than I do because I have like negative boob and my friend Chi Chi's so petite and she can wear like the craziest stuff and it looks like normal on her and you know I could go through every single one of my friends and talk about how I love the way that they look in certain things and whatever and they look they're killing it but you know when it comes to you it's a lot harder for yourself or for you to give yourself a compliment it's really hard it's like pulling teeth sometimes to think about I remember you know going through or having to like talk about my favorite things about myself okay another motorcycle is there like a, a motorcycle gang outside um I remember at, at one point having to like note my favorite feature I think I was, it was like an interview. I forget what it was for, but someone was like, what's your favorite feature? And I was like, my, and I was like starting to name like, you know, my humor or my creativity, blah, blah. And they're like, no, 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 something like physical. And I'm like, oh, you're gonna have to give me a minute to think about that. <laughs> yeah. It's, which is sad because, you know, it's, I, I think it's also kind of, the type of thing where it's not really glorified in our society to think highly of yourself. You know, it's like 
it's almost kind of like we're shunned if we're a little too people will say oh you're obsessed with yourself you know like oh like whatever but I remember seeing this quote and I'm trying to find it actually obviously I have a quote that will go with this um oh please tell me I saved it ah okay it's a Rupi Rupi Kaur Rupi Kaur I forget I don't remember how to say her name um but Rupi and she writes um Milk and Honey and that other the sequel I actually have it I don't remember what it's called it's like has like a bumble or a sunflower sunflower on the front I forget but she says take the compliment do not shy away from another thing that belongs to you boom roasted I mean I guess it doesn't really go with what I said I guess it kind of does but you know we have to learn to take compliments and to compliment ourselves you know give ourselves a pat on the back for making it through the day it's the little things that we don't even think about as victories. You know, small victories are very important things to think about and congratulate yourself about and on. You know what? Take a minute after you listen to this podcast, you know, after I'm done with my spiel, take a minute to think about the things that you like about yourself or the things that you were able to do today or will do today if it's the morning when you're listening to this. You know, just take a minute to reflect on the good stuff because so often it's easier to reflect on the bad stuff on you know wishing you were that little girl again or being afraid you know of all the things that's going to hit that little girl when she starts growing up and reflecting on all the bad stuff it's so much easier to do that and it's so much easier to easier to remember or recall that embarrassing thing that happened to you in like fifth grade it's easier to do that and then also like by the same token it's easier to you know fear the future instead of just thinking and processing the present and how good you're doing how good you're doing okay it's, it's something that we need to stop and think about sometimes you know in the craziness of our lives okay so we are 42 minutes into the podcast um okay I, I, to be honest guys I'm like exhausted it's 11 o'clock I'm just now finishing this and I still need to shower and go to bed and wake up at like 6 30 for work Sounds really fun, I know. I do not get enough sleep. LOL. Oh, but I think I'm going to cut it off now because I think I'm done talking about things. But if you guys are like still in the mood to listen to a podcast, I just want to like give a little quick shout out right here in the end of this podcast to my all-time favorite podcast of the entire time that I've ever listened to podcasts, which is like not very long because I only recently got into it crime junkie which I think I've talked about on my Instagram story like a bazillion times like I've very much so discussed it on my Instagram stories but crime junkie it's a really great podcast it's kind of like serial and there's like other really like famous podcasts that are about crime but it's I think it's like a more small like close-knit podcast it doesn't have like a million followers but it's like a really really good crime podcast if you like hearing stories about crime this is not sponsored or whatever um Definitely listen to Crime Junkie. It's on, I listen to it on Spotify, but I'm I'm pretty positive it's also on um, podcast app. Definitely listen to it. It's one of my favorites. I also listen to, um, what's it called? Um, we Met at Acme is really good. I actually, I religiously follow the girl on Instagram who runs it. Love her. And she's also in New York, so it makes it very relevant. It's very um, lighthearted. I feel like in contrast to how this podcast is panning out to be. Once I start involving special guests, it'll be more lighthearted and fun, I promise. But you know, we're going through the thick right now, not the thin. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is it for today's episode. Definitely check out Crime Junkie. Also, 
Um, don't forget to rate this podcast on um, the podcast app, on iTunes, whatever, wherever you rate things. I've never actually rated a podcast before, but a lot of you guys have taken the time to rate mine, which is amazing. So if you haven't and you liked it, please give me a nice rating. That's always nice to see and hear and read, whatever. Um, But yeah, so that's it for today's podcast episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Thick and Thin with yours truly, Katie Bilotti. And I will see you guys all in my next podcast, or I guess I'll I'll talk to you guys all (laughs) next week. Bye. Bye.